At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. B21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. This episode is brought to you by Sonos. Since my Sonos Move speaker has a home base in my kitchen for playing podcasts and music while I test recipes, keeping track of all my timers, and answering the fact-checking questions that bob to mind as I'm getting ready for a video shoot, like, is garlic actually an allium? By the way, yes. Yes, it is. And its little friend, the Sonos Roam, comes out on picnics and camping trips. I was very excited to learn that Sonos also has a smart soundbar with panoramic sound called Beam, which makes watching movies at home after a long day in the kitchen feel like we're actually in the movie, and even has a night mode for making sure that we don't wake up our two-and-a-half-year-old and make it a party of three. Learn more at Sonos.com. Hi, this is Play Me a Recipe. I'm Kristen McGlory, host of the Genius Recipe Tapes podcast and the founding editor at Food52, coming to you from my late night kitchen in Northern California. Tonight, we are going to be making something that I love very much, a recipe for an apple cake that I got from Dory Greenspan's cookbook around my French table years ago. And then I later included it in the Genius Recipes cookbook after a reader sent it to me to tell me how much they loved it too. It is for a custardy, slightly boozy, incredibly easy to make dessert that I have kept in my repertoire forever. And I am so excited for it to become a part of your regular rotation too. The recipe is linked in the show notes if you need to refer to it, but otherwise we will be gathering our ingredients and equipment chopping, whisking, baking right alongside each other. So feel free to pause or jump back at any time if you need a little bit more time. So Dory calls this recipe Marie Helene's apple cake because she created it from the memory of one served to her by her friend Marie Helene, who was the frustrating sort of excellent cook who doesn't measure or slow down enough to record her own recipes, which is how I phrased it in the Genie's Recipes cookbook. Luckily for us, Dory is the wonderful sort of excellent cook who writes down all of her recipes for all of the world to bake. The thing that I have always loved about this cake is that it's really more apples than cake. And Dory suggests using four different kinds of apples of your choice to embrace all of their different qualities. Some will be sweet and some tart. Some will collapse and some will stay crunchy which also means that you can use whatever random apples that you grabbed while apple picking or at the farmer's market, and it will probably come out a little bit differently every time, which is actually a feature of the recipe, not a bug. And you will know that it will always be very, very apply in all senses of the word. So to get started baking, you will not need very much at all. 
I am looking at three quarters of a cup of all purpose flour. That's it. Not very much flour to hold this thing together. Plus three quarters of a teaspoon of baking powder, a pinch of salt, and that is it for our dry ingredients. I've got my four large apples, which in this case happen to be a Honeycrisp, a Fuji, and then two medium-ish, I don't know what kind of apples I had in my fruit basket, and then one teeny one because I was supposed to have four large and mine are not entirely large. Then some wetter ingredients. We've got two large eggs. They can be straight out of the fridge, don't need to be room temp. Three quarters of a cup of regular granulated sugar or 150 grams. Three tablespoons of dark rum, although I will say that I've considered using other boozes like bourbon. I haven't done it yet, but if you do, let me know. And then half a teaspoon of pure vanilla extract and half a cup of unsalted butter, which I will be melting and cooling. And that's it. For equipment, I am looking at a big mixing bowl, a whisk, a silicone spatula. Dory calls for an eight inch round springform pan. I don't have that, so I'm gonna make a game time decision between my nine inch springform and an eight by eight inch Pyrex. We'll just see how the batter's coming out. I'm sure that either one would be fine. I will need a rimmed sheet pan that I will line with either a silicone baking mat or parchment paper, and that's just in case, especially if you're using the springform pan, just in case some of that batter leaks out. Definitely don't want that burning in the floor of your oven. I believe that is all I need to get started baking. And then, actually, I just have my scale here because that is what I'm going to use to measure my dry ingredients. Measuring out my 95 grams. Or three quarters of a cup if you don't have a scale or don't feel like pulling it out. This is such a friendly and forgiving recipe. Being super precise with the flour is not the biggest deal in this one. All right, now my baking powder. And my pinch of salt. Just whisking it together and setting it aside. Dry ingredients done. I'm going to preheat my oven to 350. We're gonna need to butter our pan, but like I said, I am going to make a game time decision. So I'm just gonna hold off on that until it's time to dump the batter into the pan and hope I don't forget. But in the meantime, I'm gonna melt my butter right on the stove top because even though you can melt butter in the microwave, I have had butter explode in the microwave too many times. Okay, so I just plunked my butter straight into a teeny pot on the stove, which is also called a butter warmer for good reason. So I'm gonna move on to prepping my apples, which Dory and Marie-Hélène peel all of. I may peel only half this time, and that's because I saw a video of Samantha Senevaratna, the food stylist and cookbook author, making this recipe on Food 52 and she did not peel her apples, which I found very inspiring since I love to be lazy and love to not peel things when I have the chance. So peeling half, which also means I'll just have fewer apple peels to eat because that's what I typically do when a recipe calls for the apples to be peeled. I just sit by my cutting board eating apple peels, which feels like the right thing to do. Feels like I'm getting all of what the apple wanted to give me, but also the novelty wears off after like three or four apples. Oh, I guess my oven's preheated. All right, that's enough peeling. 
I'm going for one to two inch chunks. Yet another thing that is so easy about this recipe, we are not worrying about a fine dice here. So I'm just basically like cutting four times around the core to get these evenly sort of squared off, rectangled off chunks. And then cutting some haphazard one to two inch pieces. Thank you, Dory and Marie Helen. Okay, so I am going to just finish up chopping my apples and you should do so too. I will meet you back here after the break. In the meantime, for some good apple chopping music, I'm gonna cue up the Disco Decadence playlist on my Sonos Move, which is currently stationed on its home base here in my kitchen. Thanks again to our sponsor, Sonos. I have been hearing the awe in my husband Mike's voice about Dune for about the last 16 years. Mike, by the way, may or may not want you to know that he has read the entire Frank Herbert series three times through. And after setting up our Sonos Beam Smart soundbar with its panoramic sound, after a long week bouncing from cookbook photo shoot to podcast recording to every meeting in between, I finally got to watch the new Dune that he has been waiting for for years, literally years, right there with him. We felt the pull of the sandworms and the cosmic intensity of the voice all around us, and I finally got it. Learn more at Sonos.com. Hey, this is Play Me A Recipe, and as a reminder, I'm Kristen McGlory, host of the Genius Recipe Taped podcast and Food52's founding editor, coming to you from my home in Northern California just a little bit after midnight. Tonight, we are making an apple cake recipe that I learned from Dory Greenspan, and because we have just finished chopping our apples, we are going to start bringing together the batter, which will happen very quickly. Okay, so first things first, I'm going to set up my mixing bowl with a little towel nest so it doesn't go rocking all over the place. And I'm going to crack in my two eggs. Okay, these eggs need to be whisked until they are foamy. I have whisked them until they are just a tiny bit lighter in color and foamy, lots of bubbles all over the surface. And now I'm going to wash my hands quickly and then measure in some sugar. Okay, so my eggs are looking nice and foamy, just a tad lighter in color and just generally looser. This is really like loosened up my eggs. And now I'm going to pop my bowl back on my scale briefly, measure my sugar and I will need 150 grams or three quarters of a cup of sugar. Okay, now I'm just going to whisk for about a minute to blend in the sugar. Okay, now it's time to add in that dark rum and the vanilla extract. Three tablespoons of the rum and a half teaspoon of the vanilla extract. I think that if you didn't want to include booze, or didn't have a booze that you wanted to include on hand, you could just up the vanilla a little bit and it was still delicious. You could even throw in a pinch of cinnamon or nutmeg or some other spice, but I really like that this apple cake is different from all the other spiced apple cakes. Just goes with the, the booze and the vanilla. Okay, so now 
my flour mixture, all of my dry ingredients are going in along with the melted butter, but alternating. So half of the flour mixture, half the melted butter, half the flour mixture, half the melted butter. Then the apples will go in. But first things first, shaking in about half the flour mixture, mixing gently after each addition so you have a smooth, rather thick batter by the end. I assume we're mixing gently here so as not to beat in more air nor develop more gluten. So we're not getting it to be cakier or tougher, just custardy and smooth. Okay, pouring in half my melted butter now, which has cooled a fair amount. Now the rest of my flour. And I'm still using the whisk, by the way. I'm about to switch to the spatula as soon as we go to fold in all of these apples. And then the last of my melted butter. I bet you could do this with browned butter too. Although technically, if you have melted it enough to brown it, you may have bubbled off a lot of the water that is in butter. Every stick of butter is about 15% water. So if you wanted to brown the butter, you might want to do a trick that I learned from Kenji Lopez-Alt of the Food Lab. He browns butter and then whisks in one ice cube to both cool it and also add back some of that moisture that you lose in the process of driving off the water, bubbling it down, browning it, making it nutty and delicious. Okay, this is a really lovely, smooth cake batter. It looks like a cake batter. It looks like... Mm, oh, kind of a light caramel color and it just falls off the whisk in these lovely thick ribbons. It is just going to barely coat this massive pile of apples that I have and hold them all together in this cake. Now I'm going to add in my big pile of apples right into the batter. Okay, that's a little over 600 grams or one pound, five ounces of apples. And just looking at it, it is definitely more apples than it is batter. Okay, I'm grabbing my silicone spatula and just stirring and folding that batter all through the chunky apples until it's pretty evenly mixed. It almost looks more like, I don't know, egg salad or potato salad or something. Mostly apple chunks and just a bit of cake batter dressing. Okay, looking at my two cake pan options, I think I'm gonna go with my nine inch spring form. I think it will amply fill my nine inch spring form and that will get me to cake a little bit faster because my eight by eight inch pan would probably take longer. So I'm not going to forget to butter my spring form pan generously. So I'm just taking the wrapper from my butter from earlier that has a lot of um, butter still clinging to it and if I still need more, I'll go back for more. But that looks pretty generous. Okay, pouring in my beautiful apple-y cake batter. Or you know what this looks like? Uh, ambrosia? <laughs> is that the fruit salad that is fruit that's all kind of clung together with marshmallowy fluff? That's kind of what this looks like. More apples than cake, more ambrosia than cake. Oh, and so boozy, so rummy smelling. This is gonna be good. Okay, and then I'm just going to nudge my apples into like a relatively even layer. And plunking my pan onto my lined baking sheet and sending it into my preheated oven. Okay, so 
The cake is gonna need to bake for 50 to 60 minutes or until the top of the cake is golden brown and a knife inserted deep into the center comes out clean. I am still getting to know the oven in my new kitchen, so I'm going to set a timer for 30 minutes to check it and maybe rotate it if it's browning unevenly, which conveniently I can do on my Sonos Move speaker that's in my kitchen, whether or not the disco is still playing. Alexa, set a timer for 30 minutes. 30 minutes, starting now. Oh wow, okay, this looks really, really good. The cakey parts are cakey looking. They're golden across the top. The apples have these little bronze tips and look a little bit softened in the middle. And I'm gonna stick my knife right into the center. And it came out with just crumbs on it. No wet batter, so it's perfect. All right, I'm going to plunk my cake on a cooling rack, which I need to find. I forgot about that. I knew I would forget something. So plunk your cake on a cooling rack or just on a cool burner on your stove to cool for five minutes and then we'll take a knife around the edges and release the sides of the springform pan. Or if you're not using a springform pan, we will just run the knife around the edge and deal with the rest later. Okay, I think that has been five minutes. I'm running my knife around the sides of the pan just to release any bits, especially any apples that may have adhered themselves to the side. Those edges sound so crunchy. And that boozy smell has really taken on a much mellower, sweeter vibe as most of the alcohol has cooked off. Not quite as sharp as when I was mixing the batter together. All right, moment of truth. I'm going to release the spring form. Beautiful. Ooh, okay. So if I look around the sides of this cake, oh my gosh, so I'm just kind of poking at it. The cake itself along the sides is so tender and just a little bit squishy with these very crisp caramelized edges. And then every once in a while you'll hit a pocket where an apple stuck to the side and got really caramelized. I'm really excited to try this with my um, lazier approach of only peeling half the apples to see what that does to the texture. So Dory says you can eat this either warm or room temp. I'll see if I can hold out till warm. But you know what? I'm slicing a little bit right now and it looks like it's holding together just fine. Ooh, okay. Mmm. I'm gonna eat my first piece quite warm, I would say. And that's okay. Mmm. Wow. It reminds me of the rum cake that's been in my family for a while, which is basically just boxed yellow cake mix doused in like a rum syrup. But mmm. It is much more delicate, much less cloying, much less boozy. I just love this cake so much. I would say I love the full spectrum of apple cakes from the like really sturdy cakey, spiced, hefty ones to ones more like this that are so delicate and so apple forward, both in flavor and definitely in texture. So far I've had a few different bites of apples. Some have been tartar than others, 
Some have been sweeter. Some have peels, which I really don't mind. Some are softer. That one was a little crunchier. This cake couldn't have been easier. I am eating this all by itself, warm and loving it. But you could also serve this with whipped cream, with ice cream. Dory says that Maria Lynn served it with cinnamon ice cream and it was a terrific combination. I really hope you will try it for yourself. Okay, so that is that. Thank you so much for joining me today on Play Me A Recipe. How did your apple cake turn out? Let us know by leaving us a rating and a review. In the meantime, you can find me on social at Meglorious and to learn more about Sonos's products, head to Sonos.com. See you next time. Thanks again to our sponsor, Sonos. I have been hearing the awe in my husband Mike's voice about Dune for about the last 16 years. Mike, by the way, may or may not want you to know that he has read the entire Frank Herbert series three times through. And after setting up our Sonos Beam Smart soundbar with its panoramic sound, after a long week bouncing from cookbook photo shoot to podcast recording to every meeting in between, I finally got to watch the new Dune that he has been waiting for for years, literally years, right there with him. We felt the pull of the sandworms and the cosmic intensity of the voice all around us, and I finally got it. Learn more at Sonos.com.